the Dead Pair Podcast is brought to you by the Elite Experience Elite Shotguns and is fueled by Fioki. Oh. Welcome to the Dead Pair Podcast, coming in hot with everything you want to hear about sporting clays. Guy Fieri. How are you, gentlemen? Thanks for having me. Anthony Matteris Jr., how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Welcome back, David Radulovic. That's a net positive. Brad <laughs> Kidd. Corey Cruz. Thank you for joining us this evening. Now I feel awkward. With your hosts, Jason Rambo. One more Red Bull for you. And Sean Alley. Woo, yeah! Christmas. Let's do it. Often imitated, but never duplicated. It's the Dead Pair Podcast. Dead and now, it's showtime. It's showtime, Mr. Alley. It certainly is. Back in studio. Good to hear from everybody. Um, had a lot of comments off that last episode, didn't oh, we? Oh, gee, Christmas. Hey, uh, you know what? In regards to that real quick, I just want to throw this out there. Um, really, truly appreciate everybody writing to us. You know, everybody's got some really good ideas, but l- listen, I mean, we're, we're the podcast, right? We're not the NSCA. Right. We're right. not the governing body, but, you know, you can send your suggestions into the NSCA. They'd be more than happy to hear about them. I mean, I just sent a proposal for a master, eight double A to master rule change to one of the executive council members. Yep. Um, and they're going to present it. You know? Yeah, I mean, if anybody's going to make a decision about changing the rules, it's the NSCA. It's the NSCA. It's not us. I mean, we trust us. We've got lots of great ideas. And as Jason often says, most of them suck. Most of them suck, right. <laughs> so, uh, But, you know, I mean, I had a gal write to us, Sean, um, through Facebook, a uh, real nice lady, her and her uh, family shoot. And she's like, you know, she, she wrote me what she thought would be a good idea. And I think she had a good idea. And I said, man, I said, you know, just... Basically, copy and paste what you sent to me and send it to the NSCA. Right. And she says, well, I don't want to make waves. I'm like, you're not going to make waves. Yeah, I mean, you guys are members. I mean, you have yeah. every much a right to express your voice and your feelings as every other member in Absolutely. the NSCA. So don't hold back. I mean, fire off those emails. Somebody will read it and get back to you, I'm sure. But I will tell you this. Uh, the one thing that this executive council member told me that's like, you know, he's going to present it to the board and... They'll talk about it. Uh, they may tweak it a little bit. Then the next step would be that it goes out, you know, for a vote for all the delegates and all that other stuff. I mean, but understand that if they like your idea, by the time it gets implemented, it'll be two years. Sure. So Every it's, bit it's of. not an easy, quick fix process. I mean, the, the NSCA, I will say, is very good about that. They don't make a change to make... 100 people happy and tick off 500. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they got to be careful what they do. And they're they're really good at figuring that out. So send them their send them your ideas. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. But, Sean, we've got a massive tourney talk to get to. It's tourney talk. Brought to you by Score Chaser. All right. A big thank you for Casey Chase giving us this updated list. Here we go. Iowa State at New Pioneer Gun Club, July 20th through the 23rd, is now open. Illinois State at Northbrook, June 22nd through the 25th, is now open. The Turkey Shoot at Meadows Clay Sports, August 10th through the 13th, is up. Coonpecker Open. I just love that vo- that, that name. <laughs> Coonpecker Open at FLC Sporting Grounds, September the 28th through October 1st, is open with limited spaces available, only 125 shooters uh Total of 30 of which are, are available for the all-around. Okay, so only 95 spots will be up for grabs. So, yeah, better get on that one if you want in that at all. 
And then last but not least, the 2024 South Central Regional and FETASC Slam at Defender Outdoors, September 4th through 8th. Again, that's for the 2024 season. And that's it. Awesome. Well, um, about you, Mr. Alley, I know you got that new color all smiling over there the other day. When well, I, yeah, opening I, that box. I just picked it up last weekend, um, and it's a demo. So I'm going to try it out to make sure this is the one I want to go with. Um, Brian sent me the uh, the standard stock as well as the new FX stock. Yep. And I really like that FX stock. I it's got too. the big palm swell like my DT11 has, yeah. and it feels really natural. I put a couple spacers in the butt pad to get my length of pool where I need to be. And actually tomorrow, I'm going to take it out for the first day and do some hardcore practicing because this weekend I'm going to shoot a tournament with it. Just baptism by fire, right? There you go. <laughs> so I'll let you guys know but I, how I, that goes. I tell you what, that, that FX stock, that actually launched last year. Kohler launched that at the Nationals. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I love that thing. Oh, I yeah. Mean, I really do. And it's like, man, do I want to spend the money on upgrading my stock? <laughs> well, the one thing but, I will give uh, Kohler kudos to, man, they have some of the, if not the nicest wood in the industry of any gun oh, that yeah. comes out of the pipe as far as from the factory. Yeah. Awesome wood. So awesome. the game plan is you're going to shoot the demo, make sure it fits and it's tweaked and adjusted. And then they're yeah, going to say, I'm, you're I'm dropping down to the ramp tapered rib like what right. you have. I'm getting away from the super high rib and then going back down. Yeah, no more, a, no more extension ladder on top. Of <laughs> right, right. So I didn't want to go all the way down to a flat rib again, like I used to use when I was hunting. Cause I thought that would be too big of a change. So right. this is kind of that feel good situation in between type of deal. So. Hey, um, not to jump all around, but we kind of talked about the NSCA and the rules and stuff. Well, they, They've got some new rule changes that came out, and I'm going to just go through some of the highlights here of these rule changes. Yeah, being um, delegates, we actually just voted on these not yes, too long ago. Um, hey, don't hey, watch how loud you say that. People will be sending us hate mail. Well, that's all right. <laughs> we got voted to be there, buddy. Yeah, so right. you know, it is what it is. Um, but no, anyway. So one of the rule changes is it says here, a shooter has 20 seconds to call for the target after entering the shooting stand in between shots. First shooter time starts at the completion of viewing the show targets. Warnings and penalty will be administered by course manager or shoot management. Uh, the first violation is a warning. The second violation and each subsequent violation in the round is two targets deducted from the final score. Ouch. I know a yeah. lot of, there well, not a lot, but I know a handful of shooters may struggle with that. Yeah. I mean, poor David. Um, <laughs> right. And, and, and maybe Wendell. Yeah. <laughs> Tom C., he might as well just take up golf. So, right. <laughs> that poor guy, he, there's no way he, he couldn't get his shells out of his pouch in 20 seconds. Kevin to Michael, no problem. Uh, Kevin to Michael, he'd be done within the 20 seconds with all four pairs. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, everyone, be aware of this new rule change. Uh, again, it's up on the NSCA website, and plus they sent out emails about it. Um, but I think it's worth noting, worth talking about. A um, couple other ones here. Uh, coaching during any world, national, U.S. Open, or regional championship. Once a shooter has entered the shooting stand, the only communication allowed between the shooter and the field judge, and that is it. Violations of this rule must be brought to the attention of the shoot officials to determine if and what the disciplinary actions will be. Both the shooter and the individual communicating the shooter will be... Oh, wow. Both the shooter and individuals... Communicating with the shooter may be subject to disciplinary action. Wow. So that means if you're telling your buddy. Put a little more lead on it or, or you, you shot over it or whatever. Yeah, you could get penalized as well as that. That's a big no-no now. Yeah, absolutely. At, at the big shoots, obviously. Well, Worlds, Nationals, U.S. Open, Regional. Yeah. And uh, 
And I'm yeah. sure a lot of those, uh, a lot of the shoots will probably start adopting that just as a matter of fact, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, look, we've seen it's okay to, I think, my belief is it's okay to holler over your buddy. Man, what are you doing? You're way over that thing. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Shooting over, you're overleading, underleading it, something but like that. But that's just a quick little thing. Well, how many times have you seen a guy standing over somebody's shoulder and, and, t- and then they stop and they want to coach him and it's like, yeah. There's five other people on the squad, buddy. What are you doing? Yeah. You know? No, I, I know the point and I understand the reasoning behind it. Um, and that's one of those tough ones, man. It could go either way. Yeah, it really can. But it's, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to speed things up, less, you know, hold backs and or hold downs or whatever, whatever you want to call it. But um, another thing too, and you know what, Sean, I didn't put it in my notes here, but another one too is you only get two show pairs. Yes. Um, I thought that had always been a rule, though, is only get two shots. No. Uh, in the past, you could sit there and view targets all you want, and there were some people that were taking big advantage of it at Nationals. I saw it firsthand. Mm. Okay. Not on the squad I was on, but I saw it, and it's okay. Neil Chadwick. He was talking about how many targets were thrown just in show pairs mm-hmm. at, the, at the National Championship. I mean, you got to think how many shooters are there, over 2,000 shooters, and there's four courses. I mean, that's a lot of show targets, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's tens of thousands. I mean, it's ridiculous. It might even be over 100,000. I don't know what the number was now. But they're trying to eliminate some of that. I can see the reasoning behind it. I think it makes sense. I mean, I've, I've always thought that two pair was what pretty much the de facto standard was. I mean, most clubs, that's what they stick to. We've even gone to some clubs where you only get one pair. Right. You know, so and I understand that's an economical choice as far as trying to save money. Um, or time if the tournament's on a chock full of people and they're trying to push things through. But yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a good one. I, well, I, I don't, I don't want to speak for the details of the role. I'm sure there's, it's probably broken down a little bit more right here than what I have in the notes, but I think if it's a true pair and one target comes out broken, you're going to get to see an additional pair. Yeah. You know I mean? would say you got to get a, a good pair each time. Right. So, um, Hey, listen, we have the lovely Miss Don Grant coming on tonight. Yay. So lots of questions sent in for her to the point where it was like, we better just go ahead and do an episode with this girl. Right. Always but, great uh, to have Dawn on. So I guess you could say this is a big questions for the coaches episode. The the mega. The, the, the mega, mega questions. questions right? <laughs> the mega coach questions. <laughs> cool. Well, everybody sit tight. We'll be right back with Dawn Grant. The Dead Pair. All right, everyone. The, your favorite beloved hypnotist and mental trainer don grant what's up don (laughs) (laughs) great to have you back don how's things been going for you (laughs) they're going really good everything's been great and actually gonna going to my first archery event this weekend really nice that's cool do you do you shoot bow or just just the event no that's funny. People always ask me, do you shoot? Do you, are you a shotgun shooter? Are you a golfer? Uh, do, you put, do you smoke cigarette? Like everybody always wants to know, like, do you do the thing that I'm having problems with? <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, done that most all of it, but yeah, it's a funny thing. But no, I, I don't actually, I shot bow at a summer camp when I was a kid and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I never forgot it because I always loved it. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> well, it's never it's never too late to try again. So just throwing that out there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, Don, we've had a ton of questions come in for you. We we grabbed a handful of them that we thought were pretty good. And I mean, we'll, we're going to give you all of them. But for tonight, we just got a few here. Um, okay. Sean, do you want to take off here with the first one? Or? 
Um, yeah, I can. Uh, Where do you want me to read that one? I, I don't care. You can go for it. <sighs> okay, I'll take the reins here, Don. All right. Uh, Mike S. writes, he says David, and we all know who he's referring to. Um, he said David has advocated for dry firing on targets in practice. I understand what he is trying to do from a physical standpoint, but what is it mentally that he, that this is accomplishing? Is it a placebo effect or is it just purely psychological? Okay, well, I mean, I can guess what dry firing is, but what do you? How does David explain so that? So, in, in other words, yep. he he wants you to not load any shells in the gun and go through the process. Go ahead and pull the targets and go through the process just like you're shooting them with, but with no ammo in the gun. Yeah, going through the motions just with no ammo. So the person right. wants to know what the mental aspect of this could be. Yeah, he, he says here okay. um, he understands from a physical standpoint, but what is it mentally that this is accomplishing? He says, is it a placebo effect or is it purely psychological? All right. Well, let me just start with that word placebo that's getting misused again. <laughs> it was used before mis incorrectly. So placebo is... Like there's a sugar pill and then there's a pill next to it that has like chemicals in it for like, let's say, killing pain or something. And the, and the sugar pill is given to people that be, because they believe it's the painkiller, they will actually have relief from pain. So okay. that's the placebo effect. So this is dry firing is definitely not the placebo effect. <laughs> has zero to do with it. Um but I'm, I'm going to throw you a curveball, you guys. Okay. Because, you know, there's there's a bunch of controversy about the statement that's 90% mental. And I could actually prove right now that it's 100% mental. It's off a lot of people. <laughs> but here's the bottom line. Lay it on us, like, dog. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So you got mental and you got physical and you got spiritual, right? And okay. I don't know what else. Those are the ones that we talk about the most. So you got your physical body. Muscle memory is in the physical body, and there is science to say that there is memory in the cells of your body. Okay, so that's physical. Mental is everything related to your brain. So even the repeated rep repetition of practicing something is in the brain. So repeated movement, so that you end up learning how to do it intuitively, subconsciously, automatically is what was is what's happening here related to dry fire shooting and um, the mental aspect to it. But even the physical aspect is a habit in the mind. Right. So it's not, you know, it, there's a lot to be said that the mechanics are mental as well, right? So the reason that you practice so much, first of all, you should always practice good skill because you can learn bad habits by repeating poor skill, right? Bad skills, not properly mounting your gun, not properly following through, not, maybe not having good technical skill because you haven't gone to an instructor. If you repeat any of those or anything else, it's still going into your subconscious mind becoming part of your programming will go then on autopilot and it will, it'll be what you do naturally, intuitively, instinctively without thinking about it. So ideally, 
anybody who's wanting to improve and be their best and all that would learn good skills through an instructor or something. Make sure that when they're practicing those skills, that they're doing the proper technique and form and then repeating it over and over and over again so that it then goes into their subconscious mind, becomes part of their programming and is on autopilot, intuitive, instinctive, whatever you want to call it. So every athlete wants to perform intuitively. So every shooter wants to shoot instinctively, intuitively. And um, the way to do that is through repetition. So there's a lot to be said um, back in, oh my goodness, back in 2007, my son and I were taking instruction with John Woolley at the shotgun club that I actually now own, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I didn't know I'd own it back then, obviously. But yeah, we were taking shooting instruction with John Woolley. Um, He was the pro at the club at the time. And he'd have a stand on his little cardboard, you know, that everybody knows his little, your feet are drawn on it. And there's a mirror there. And you were to do your gun mount over and over and over again, looking down the barrel, looking in the mirror. He would say, you have to do this a hundred times a day. And it's for all the same reasons that I just explained. And no different than what David's telling people to do. So John's just saying to do it related to gun mount in that example. David's saying to do it related to actually shooting, right? Right. Okay. But repetition is repetition. And, And let me go ahead and expand on that. Repetition of these physical movements, again, go into your mind. That's why I was saying that even mechanics are mental. And that's why I was saying it's 100% mental. But um, the same exact processes happen related to what I would call your mental game. So if you over and over and over again say something cruddy to yourself or over and over and over again think, I'm never good at the beginning of an event or I'm never good at the end or I can never maintain a lead, repeat, 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 no different than repeating your gun mount, no different than repeating dry firing mm-hmm. over and over. You do it wrong, you're going to re- repeat the wrong thing. Negative thoughts are basically repeating the wrong thing over and over. And then it becomes a belief system. And next thing you know, it's on autopilot. It's intuitive. It's instinctive. It's happening automatically that you believe you will fail in whatever manner you had repeated you know hundreds of times and you'll set yourself up for it whether you've increased your anxiety around that you know the expectations you end up then trying too hard or trying to force it or getting really pissed off like whatever it is you will end up recreating that situation over and over again versus definitely like deliberately repeating positive statements which is where the concept of affirmations come from. You got to believe what you're saying. So you can't say something to yourself a hundred times a day if it's so far-fetched and you don't even believe it, which is a big part of Lanny Basham's self-image information. So you have to believe in yourself. You have to have confidence. You have to believe even the statements. So you have to figure out or have a really good mental trainer teach you how to have right kind of positive thoughts and then repeat them. And then they go, into autopilot intuition 
instinctive and, you know, play out. Well, Don, let me ask you this. I want to interrupt you real quick because something popped in my head. A while back, I watched a video of a trainer, a gun, uh, firearms trainer, and it was it was in regards to a pistol. And the guy had a terrible flinching problem. And he was trying to prove to him, like, so when he dry fired his pistol, he had no flinch whatsoever because his brain knew yeah. the gun wasn't loaded, right? And mm. I watched the instructor actually fake the guy out. He made it look like he put a round in the chamber and, and racked the chamber. And the guy went up there and there was there was absolutely no bullet in the gun. The gun was completely empty. And when he squeezed that trigger, man, he flinched four inches up into the air, just <laughs> expecting that recoil. You know, and he goes, see, he goes, it's yeah. your brain telling you that there was a round in there and your body's acting differently because your brain thinks there's a round on the gun. When you don't have a round on the gun, you don't flinch. But when you do have a round, your body automatically does it. So, I mean, that's I love that. kind of along the same lines as this, right? I mean, this this could, I mean, there could be people out there that, that struggle with a flinch or something when the gun goes off. And if you're dry firing, maybe you don't have that problem. Yeah. And that's, that's a really great example of how much the mental aspect plays into something. It really can't be denied. It's kind of funny when you stop and think about it, how some people don't believe in the mental game or they might say, well, wait, you know, two, three years or whatever after you've done, you, you know, you've done mechanics for a while, but just stop and think about what you just said. Like the men mental part plays such an important role, first of all, in everything we do all day long, but definitely the shooting. So yeah, if you believe something, I guess that's similar to what I was just saying. If you believe it, you will have whatever programmed reaction is already in your subconscious mind intuitively it's programming you know yeah. so whenever i've helped people with flinching with you know it's no secret i helped john Wooly with that and he was able to go from like a hundred flinches around to two and he won silver fee task world fee task and that was two months into me helping shotgun shooters that's what got the ball rolling so you know i've helped people with flinching and golf i've helped them with yips all the same thing. And there's a lot of, you know, so-called experts out there that would say it's physical, but I'm definitely of the, you know, similar to the story you just said, I would say it's mental. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. I can, I can recognize the mental aspects to it, but I do want to say not everybody flinches for the same reasons because everybody's different. Right. You know, like, there is the example of somebody not wanting the recoil, and that's absolutely could be an issue, especially if they had a bad experience sometime in their past that's in their subconscious mind programming, which I say programming, that's your memory bank. Mm -hmm. so your subconscious mind is where your memory is. So your long-term permanent memory, short-term memories, not in the same spot. But anyways, um, but there's other things too. Like insecurities, second guessing, doubting, confidence. That's actually what I see more of related to flinching and yips. And again, it could be related to anything. You know, I know somebody who's having some vision problems right now as, as he gets older. And not every time is the vision a problem. It depends on, you know, the, the, the movement and where the, the target is. But there will be this hiccup, this flinch thing that's occurring when he starts to worry about that happening or when he thinks 
that that might be a problem, something like that. Another example of flinching is just true second guessing and doubt. And, you know, that that can happen more and more over time. And let's say you flinch once or twice. First of all, I would say don't label it as a flinch because there's a whole of you know baggage that goes along with that. If you label it, you've then decided you're in this doomsday category, you know, and you don't want to do that. You want to try to break it down and see, oh, I was doubting myself or, oh, I was totally second guessing. I didn't have a plan or this is the result of something that happened to me, you know, years ago and maybe I should get help for it or whatever, but, you know, don't label it as something that most of, you know, the industry thinks is unfixable or really difficult to fix because you're just putting yourself in a category then that will be hard to get out of. Well, I guess it just further further illustrates the power of, of what your mind has over uh, the control of your body, you know, in, in many ways. And if you learn a bad thing, obviously it can become a hard thing to get rid of. And that's what people need you for, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's, it's scary. Um, all right. So I think we've covered that one pretty good. Let's go on to the next one. Um, Luke M writes, what are, or what is the biggest struggle you see common amongst shooters at the top of the game with their mental game? And why would you say some are afraid to use your program? Okay, so why would somebody struggle that's at the top of their game? Yeah, or what, what, is, do I see most? what is the biggest struggle or, or the most common struggle, maybe is the best way to say that, among shooters at the top of their game? So, like, is there something that you see regularly with, you know, the top-level shooters, the the Zach Keenbombs, the, the Anthonys, the Davids, the the Wendells, is there something, is there a common trait that you see once you get to that level of the game that they all seem to struggle with more often than not? First, I would, this is a yes and a no answer because the no part is sincerely, everybody is so different, right? Um, I'm not, I don't want to name any names, but there's definitely personality types that are, you know, high energy passionate, all over the place, hyperactive, right? That could be a professional athlete. Um, there's somebody else that may um, have been raised in a home where it was never good enough. And let's say their father abused them. There's still to this day, nothing is good unless it's a win, you know? So this is again, you know, part of what makes what I do so unique because I don't come from sports psychology related to how can I help you with just your pre-shot routine technically, mechanically, and do a few deep breaths and visualizations. Like my mental training goes way beyond that because of my psychology background. And so that's, you know, if you got somebody who's super hike hyper passionate all over the place and they miss a target and they're up for winning and let's add in again circumstances are always different but then you can add in it's a million dollars or something you know and that could pay for their kids college and pay off their home and whatever else right so there's so many circumstances that um but let's say that that person 
is missing, even though they were in the lead, and they can end up getting really pissed off. You know, so that could be something that pulls somebody from the lead if they don't know how to manage their emotions. Um, the other example, you know, is, you know, so let's say that person misses and literally can hear their father's voice or even just the kind of words like, you'll never amount to anything. Look, you've, you screwed up again, you know, and then next thing you know, they're falling apart. But I think if I was to say the most common is the inability to hold it together. We see this in golf and other sports where it's like the final day, the final holes, and they end up getting too careful. They end up trying too hard. They end up trying to duplicate shots. They end up overthinking. They can become um, this, anything like that. Or it can even be, I've never won here before. Like I've been close to winning nationals my whole career, but I've never won it. And that could be it, right? They could be on the last station and basically a self-fulfilling prophecy. They just, they're their own worst enemy. Right. They end up falling apart because they're overthinking too careful, trying to be safe uh, or anything like that. Gotcha. So as far as far as people not doing my program, I think there's multiple reasons. One, just the fact that I'm a hypnotist freaks out some people. So <laughs> even if they're not freaked out about mental training or even slightly believe in the mental game, they might not want to go there as far as hypnosis. I have lots of information about hypnosis. If people want to know what that is, it's alpha. It's alpha theta. It's the state between awake and asleep. Every human passes through it multiple times a day. It's not It's not really a big deal. It's just that professionals like me have been trained and know what we can do to help a person in that state. The other reason would be that some people honestly just don't believe in the mental game, which at this point in my life and my career does not compute at all. <laughs> what I've already even said to you. Like, I, don't, I mean, you've got a brain. I think your brain is involved in everything you do. So that's mental and, um, definitely plays a part. And then the other reason I would say that is a little bit frustrating is just some of the top shooters that are instructors will downplay it and will upplay the importance of the mechanics and even can get I don't know, even nasty. I've seen them even be nasty about it. Is that more so, like an ego and a pride thing, you think, Dawn? I'm just going to go out there and say it. They don't know. So they don't they don't understand the mental game to the level that I do. And I think that puts them in a vulnerable position because they're looked up to. They're respected. People think that they have all the answers, and they don't. So they can't answer things like, how do I focus better? How do I improve my confidence? How do I move on from a miss? They can't genuinely answer those from a true mental perspective. So I think they do what a lot of humans would do, and they would just rather badmouth it. Mm. Um, The other thing is, because they'll tell people to wait, 
you know, two years, three years or whatever, after you've established some good mechanics. And again, I think that would be a little bit more relevant if my mental training was the typical sports psychology of let's work specifically on your pre-shot routine and throw in some deep breathing exercises. Sorry, I'm out of breath because I'm walking with my dogs. But my mental training is so much more than that. They're, they're ultimately human life skills. And, um, you know, you, you got a new shooter. They're definitely having confidence issues. They're definitely going to be over analytical. They're definitely going to try too hard. They're going to do all the things that I'm helping people with. So I don't, for my particular mental training program, I don't think they need to wait. And I think that if, you know, a high level shooter slash instructor would take the time to actually learn what I was doing, they would see that because there are, there are several high level shooters that are instructors that do refer people to me. Um, that do recognize what I'm doing. And especially if they've been my client, then they really know because they're like, holy cow. Well, of course I see this. Yeah, my new shooters are struggling with confidence and worry and doubt and fears and expectations and um, all sorts of things. Gotcha. Well, um, Don, let me move on to the next one here. Uh, Jerry W. from Georgia writes in and says, Don, I have been shooting for just over a year. Uh, the night before a shoot tournament, I have, I often have trouble sleeping as I'm thinking about the targets, wanting to break as many as possible and doing well. Also making sure I don't forget something I need at the shoot, etc. I have tried melatonin, which unfortunately seems oh. to, seems to take a while to wear off in the morning. If I'm going, if I'm doing an early shoot, is there something mentally I can do to help me relax and not think so much? I have tried everything and I feel I am not shooting my best when I don't get a good night's sleep. True statement. Isn't it funny though, that he says, is there something I can do mentally <laughs> to help me to quiet my mind and go to sleep? Like Count that's sheep. what I mean. It's fascinating. <laughs> People aren't connecting the dots, right? They're saying it, but they're not. Yeah, so absolutely. First of all, hypnosis, or you could call it meditation, or you could call it relaxation, are all alpha theta levels. So if you just think of like a slope, beta is what the you know scientists, doctors, whatever, um, is the measurement of the conscious mind activity at the level that we're thinking now. So, you know, analyzing, chatting, having conversation, you're awake. That's beta. It's a measurement of your conscious mind activity. I say conscious because it's not your subconscious. Your subconscious is alert 24-7. So just your conscious mind. So if you just start to relax a little bit, which is, you know, can be done in many, many different ways, breathing exercises, progressive relaxation, um, I don't know, watching something peaceful on TV, listening to something peaceful, listening to a hypnotist talk to you in a monotone, boring voice. You know? <laughs> that, that helps you, helps you, doesn't guarantee it, but helps you move into 
a little bit less conscious mind activity, which is just happens to be labeled as alpha. Now, if you go with it some more, you relax a little bit more, the next level down is called theta, which is light sleep, if you want to call it, or really deep relaxation. Um, again, using all the same techniques or people go there naturally as they fall asleep. Uh, and then right below that is delta. And that's what we do call sleep. And so there's minimal to no conscious mind activity because your conscious mind's sleeping. So this person's asking, how do I get from beta to delta? And so if you think about beta again, like that's where you're chit-chatting, you're thinking of what your next question is and you're analyzing what I'm saying. That's what's happening to him, right? When he's laying in bed. Yeah, because he's probably he's thinking about all the stuff that he's got to do the next day and he can't exactly. seem to relax. He's analyzing, he's thinking about it, he's worried if he's going to forget something. So he's, by having those thoughts, he's keeping himself in beta and therefore not going through the process of alpha, beta, delta to go to sleep to, uh, yeah, to delta. So again, as I said earlier, hypnosis happens to be the alpha, theta state. Meditation happens to be the alpha, theta state. Relaxation for like, if you went to a sleep clinic or something, they'd be putting you in the alpha, theta state. It's just what we call this period of time, you know, in between beta and delta. So just by nature of what I do as a hypnotist, I'm helping people all the time to go into alpha. And then if they go with it, meaning if, if they go with it, because they don't have to, they could start thinking about dinner or they could start thinking about a phone call that they had at work. You know, there's a lot of, they could bring themselves back to beta at any time. But the practice of doing hypnosis over and over again, or meditation, or just understanding relaxation techniques and relaxing can help a person to go into those lighter stages. And if they roll with it, they will end up asleep. So for my clients, they have hypnosis audios. One of them, 20-minute hypnosis for transformation, I give to all of my clients. It's part of their training. And they listen to it every day and preferably at night. And guess who's sleeping better? It's a side, it's a side benefit. <laughs> you know, people aren't all hiring me to help them sleep better. But 90% of them are like, oh my God, I'm sleeping better than I've ever slept before. Wow. So the process, the, if you think of hypno hypnosis induction, the words used by hypnotists, that bridges a person from beta to alpha. And then if it continues, they go to theta and they can fall asleep. If they were in my office, I would want them hovering there. So years ago, I had a roofer come in and I came in to quit smoking or something. And it was midsummer in Florida and he came in at like four o'clock. So as soon as I started talking, I, my, my office was relaxing. <laughs> I have mellow music playing. I use a, you know, a deep monotone voice. And when I'm talking somebody into hypnosis and he would go right to sleep oh, wow. over and over again, <laughs> I'd have to tap on his arm, you know, to try to bring him back up. So there's nothing mysterious about that, right? What's, what's mysterious is that 
people aren't taught what we can do while they're in that state and how cool it is and how powerful it can be for positive changes in their lives. But um, so hypnosis, meditation, relaxation techniques, uh, he can buy the 20 minute hypnosis for transformation. He can buy any of my audios because the induction is what's helping him to get to that office data state. So why not throw in some suggestions? <laughs> so I've got a bunch of clay shooter hypnosis audios that he could also be getting suggestions while he's going to sleep. And um, so that's, that's what's happening. He's, and, and, and then you got the mental training side of it, which I kind of I consider it two different things. Hypnosis has its own, you know, reasons that, and, and benefits. And then the mental training has its own benefits. So what I would teach somebody like that is not only what I've already explained, but we could go into a lot of detail so that they could understand themselves like could be a warrior, right? Because again, everybody's different. I don't know this person, but they could be somebody who worries about a lot of things and it ends up creating a lot of anxiety for them in their lives. Um, not only does that anxiety and those thoughts keep them up at night, but it could be during the day elevating their blood pressure, causing issues in their relationships and their work and everything else. So it's highly likely what this person is seeing at bedtime is playing itself out in other areas of their life, right? Because it's not all of a sudden he's going to overanalyze and worry about things at nine o'clock. He's probably doing that for a lot of things that are important to him all day long. So there's skills and new ways of thinking about things that he could learn that would help him in all aspects of his life. And the way that I see it is if you can perfect it, perfect these types of skills as a human in all these areas of your life, then it's super easy to apply it specifically you know, at bedtime or apply it specifically when you're out shooting. Yeah. Calm yourself down so you're not overthinking. Oh, by the way, overthinking while you're shooting, overanalyzing, doubting, fearing is beta. And science has already proven that the peak performance state is alpha. So okay. it pulls all together. Well, I, I don't know about Sean, but you know, I've been taking a lesson, so I'm aware of the alpha and the beta, but we'll let we'll let Sean catch up there. Uh now I will tell you, I'm looking at this next question here on the screen. And before Sean gets into this, you're gonna think that I wrote this, and then as yeah. he finishes reading the question, you'll understand that it's not me. But okay. it, it, well, there is no name on this, so is this like yeah, a it's a not no, but it You'll you'll understand why it's not me when it says this helps me shoot better. This is definitely oh, not geez. me. Go ahead and read the question, Sean. <laughs> All right. So this person didn't leave a name on this one, but I think this is an interesting question. Um, and it's kind of phrased weird, so I'm going to try to read it the best I can. I sometimes get mad or angry when doing poorly at a tournament. And surprisingly... Wait, Sean. All right. Now, now, see, now see why she might think that's me. Okay, go ahead. All right. I'm going to continue. Um, totally. Sometimes, not always, this helps me shoot better for some reason. See, and that's mm. why you know it's not me. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> why would this be happening? Am I just not focused before I get mad? <laughs> I love it. 
everything you guys are asking me are some of the most common questions for sure. So this is really cool. You're kind of hitting all the angles. Well, good. Uh, I'm glad this, these people wrote this stuff in because then that'll help answer some. That's of why stuff. we need yeah. you, Don, and that's why they need you. That's why we, we keep getting you on here. <laughs> this is a really good question, and it does come up a lot. And again, totally based on the person's personality, right? Because some people are cool, calm, collected, maybe so laid back that they don't really care enough, right? So there's all different types of people. And I first tell you that the first time this was brought to my attention was like 2007. I was on a monthly basis going to PGA Tour events. I was already working with about a dozen PGA golfers. And, you know, just like when I go to clay shooting, well, not exactly because I was behind the ropes and I was a credentialed and everything, but um, I didn't have vendor booth. <laughs> It, but so I would be back there and I would meet new golfers all the time and they would know who I was working with and they of course would be interested or curious or whatever. So on two different occasions, this is the percentage. This is after talking to 20, 30, 40 of them, but two times, two different golfers said to me, I like it when I get mad. I don't want to not get mad. So if, what you do is all about relaxation, calming down. I, that's not for me because when I get mad, I play my best golf. Now, the first time that somebody said that to me, you know, in 2007, I was like, oh, heck, okay, all right, okay, good talking with you. You know, <laughs> I like, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> the second time I was like, okay, wait a minute. So here's what I tell people now. Because even I, I literally last week, I was having the same conversation with a person I'm close to that, sh that shoots. Um, think about the sequence of events. So you're out there, you're performing, you're shooting. Um, you miss one, two, whatever, whatever your trigger is, you know could be because you're doing the same old thing or you broke a streak or you're in the lead and then you dropped it like whatever the trigger is that y'all it could be somebody's driving their golf cart too close to you or they're playing music or you know you're sick and tired of all these side by sides or you don't like the way the target setter set the targets and he's such a jerk you know <laughs> so <laughs> anything can set you off depending on your personality and your beliefs but once it does, let's just go with the example of, of a target upsetting somebody or they, a miss, I should say, or several misses. Once that happens and they're upset, what they tend to do is become more present, more focused, more deliberate. They tend to pull in, you know, like let's say they got lax on their pre-shot routine. They get more focused, more present, more deliberate. They get more hungry. They get more connected. Um, they get more deliberate. So one of the hypnosis audios that I made to help with this is called Plan, Prepare, Focus. Because it helps with every, you need to, it's that one shot at a time, one target at, at a time. You need to treat every target as if it's the only one and as if it's the first one. And that's something that a lot of, you know, professionals t say, 
You might not know how to do it, but so plan, prepare, focus means whether it's a hard target, an easy target, whether you are, you know, in the midst of a streak or you just miss several, you have to be present with each of those targets. You have to plan whether it's a hard one or an easy one, just the same. And, and that's the same. I mean, that's what happens when somebody gets angry. They get more present. So ideally, they don't need to get angry to be more present. Well, I can tell <laughs> you, you I can be angry. You don't have to raise your blood pressure. You don't have to raise your anxiety. You don't have to have a you know near heart attack to be more focused, more present, more engaged, more deliberate. Well, I can you I can speak those. I can speak uh-huh. truthfully now. I know that Jason didn't write this question because I've seen him. <laughs> I've seen him get mad, and no, he doesn't get better uh, when he gets no, mad. When the, when I get mad, the wheels come off. Oh, the, the frame drags off, the ground. The frame drives the ground. It, it's yeah. bad. It's, it's bad. It, it goes it goes from bad to worse to somebody get him out of here. Right. So. Right. So I know he didn't write this question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Don, this is getting me super excited. Um. I, 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 okay, I gotta ask: Can we make it official? And if not, I can I can delete this part. Can yeah. we make it official and announce that you are going to be present at the Ohio State shoot for the Dead Pair Hangout? Yeah, I am All going to be right. there. Sweet. All yeah. right. Awesome. Well, this is going to be. Chad asked me to be there, and I know Chad's got something up his sleeve. He's oh, planning yes. for that chat. Yep. Yep. We're gonna steal you for an afternoon and. Put a microphone. Yeah, we'll see how many basket cases we can find to talk to you, (laughs) which should should be a long line. The line will be out 71, right? But no, we uh, we could even work on doing um, like a lecture. I could do a clinic or we could just do Q&A, whatever. That'd be be cool. You do know that we're doing the, like, we're going to have our easy up set up and we're going to do a a dead pair hangout on Friday and Saturday night. People can stop by, hang out, and talk to the people that have been on the show. That's what I was referring to as far as that goes. Now, what Chad Chad and I have up our sleeves, and you don't know that I'm involved in this, but uh, we've got some some podcast work for you while you're in town. So we're going to, we're going to have, we're gonna have fun with it. It's gonna be awesome. Oh I think boy! I, I think people get a lot of a lot of uh, how should I say this? A lot. Uh, they'll get a lot out of it. Let's put it that way. Chad and Jason brainstorming. That's just oh wow. Yes, there's sounds great. Straight jackets on order. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whole case of them. Whole case well, of make them. Make sure you have my t-shirt ready. I'll wear it. Oh no, you'll have that way before then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I. I will be there. My my main squeeze is setting targets. Yes. Yeah, we're Heck excited yeah. about that. You get to hang out with Joe too. So yeah. Well, Don, it yeah. is always awesome to have you on here. And, and this, you know, answering these questions was the prime example of why we keep bringing you on because I don't think we'll ever run out of questions for you. No. Um, it seems like there's always somebody out there with an issue that they're trying to deal with. Well, so. like I said, we grabbed a handful of them. I right. mean, that's like, right. you know, grabbing a handful of a 55 gallon bucket at this point. Yep. So, yep. That's, that's awesome. They're good questions. And don't forget all of your, all the folks that tune into Dead Pair Podcast get that little special. Um, they get a discount on the online course. Um, that's no, they right. get the. That's what it was. They get the free they dead get that, pair. But they get yeah. the free, yeah, audio that I only made for dead pair podcast listeners for clay shooting. And that um, link, that link is in our show description every episode. Yeah, so, so don't miss out on that, guys. If you're listening to this and you haven't heard, have it you? Yet. Yeah, Don, do you? I mean, and you don't have to share any numbers or anything. But have you had a big response out of that? Have people been taking advantage of that? 
I actually get an email every time somebody um, opts in on that. And absolutely, it's, um, you know, it varies. It comes and goes. But I would say in a slow week, it's five to ten. Wow. Week. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, That's you'll probably good. get a good spike after this episode airs. I promise you that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, wait a minute. I want to I want to add to that question. So. But yeah, I would love, you know, I'd love it. I, I've even thought about doing my own Q and a, maybe like a Facebook live or something. Um, cause there's so many questions. So, um, whatever works out, but speaking of social media, people can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that. Get, get kind of free help. Cause I post stuff all the time that can help people. And the website can't, can't be any easier. It's dongrant.com. So, I mean, if, yeah, and if come so, by my shotgun club if you're in Northeast Florida. Yes. Don, Don, we're put we're putting a bid on a house right now. <laughs> Where? Florida. What part? Uh, it's actually on the opposite coast as you. It's on the it's on the west coast. But it's a good choice. Yeah, I have but, to say I really like the west coast. Maybe a, a tiny bit more than where I'm at. Right, but it's still. <laughs> Not too far away that I can't come drive and annoy the hell out of you and Joe every once in a while. So. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, we're, oh, we're boy. gonna come shoot my NSCA event. She yes, targets. Of course, my no, my wife should be like, please keep him there for a while. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, but no, we we love having you on, Don. We really appreciate you answering these questions. Uh, really looking forward to seeing you in August at the High State Shoot. Of course, I'll see you're probably going to some of the regionals, right? Like the Northeast, North Central. Uh, Northeast regional. Yep. Um, not, n- n- I don't think any others right now okay. that I can think of. Well, I'll see you. Anthony's here in another month. So, um, yeah, for sure. But Don, thank you again. Appreciate it. Sincerely. Yep. Always great having you, you on, Don. Thank you both. Awesome. Well, it sounds as, as much as your dog's throwing a fit over there. I think you better feed that <laughs> thing. So, <laughs> but well, three of them. I have three of them. They're barking at the, the, roosters next door of this airbnb <laughs> what was that what was that old commercial i feel like chicken, chicken tonight, tonight. <laughs> like chicken tonight. Yeah. well Don, we'll, like we're gonna let you go but thank you ma'am sincerely appreciate it okay thank you both so much all right see I you appreciate Dawn. It awesome uh-huh. thanks bye-bye well jason it's no secret why we keep having this lady on i mean she's got a wealth of knowledge and she, I mean, every situation we mentioned, she's already dealt with it at some point or another. So it's, everybody thinks, oh, this is just my problem. This is mine and mine alone. Nope. You're not alone. You're not that special. It happens to a lot of people. So Dawn's yeah. the lady to call to get that straightened out. Hey, look, <laughs> she had a big hand in me going from D to double A. Okay. Right. And, right. And if anybody in this country is a mental case, it's this guy. <laughs> no arguments there. Uh, but no, we, we love having Dawn on. Uh, exciting things for the high State shoot coming up. If if you're not already planning on visiting the high State shoot, you're missing out. I yep. mean, we're going to have a lot of the big names there that you hear on the show. Come by, hang out, have a beer if you're old enough to do so. Yep. Um, hang out with us. I mean, Don's going to be there. Uh, Joe Skull's going to be there. Obviously, Rad Chad. Um, I'm not going to push and many others. We'll just say many, many others. I'm not going to push anybody else until they say it on the show. Cause right. I don't want somebody going, what the hell you say he's going to be there. <laughs> but, um, no, it's, it's going to be a good time. Listen, reach out to Don. She sincerely does enjoy talking about the stuff. She enjoys helping people. 
Um, DawnGrant.com, like she said, she's on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, very easy to get a hold of, very easy to find. And, you know, if you do get her phone number and you call and she doesn't answer, she's really good about calling you back. Yep. And I've actually been back on her program. I took a little break when Steph was having her surgery there because I couldn't focus on it at that moment. But I actually just started listening to things last week again and picking up where I left off. So good. it's good stuff. I mean, it really is. You kind of have to be in the right mind frame and get your, your brain quieted down to actually sit down and listen. Um, which sometimes isn't always easy, but it definitely helps. Where are you at in that program right now? Do you remember what chapter you're uh, on? It's section two. I can't remember okay. the exact action. Wait till you get to three, like later part of three and four. Oh, it gets good. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll find the benefit from the, like in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle, you're like, okay, uh, all right, I get why this works. And then when you get to the end, you're like, oh, wow. I mean, it's kind of light bulb kicks yeah, on or something. Oh, I'm telling you right now. Sweet. So, sweet. You talk about the, the ahas, you get a lot of those in, in the later part of that. I, program. I need as many as I can get. I, I need, I, she needs like section six through 50 for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but now, um, you know, Sean, every week we tell everybody, take someone in shooting, mm-hmm. take them out to a tournament. And I don't think we can possibly ever say it enough. I, I hope if you're not already, you visit our sponsors, whether it's through their website, at a shoot, one of their vendor booths, and see for yourself why we brag about their products. I'm serious. This is not a commercial. This is nobody's asked me to, or Sean to say this stuff. We sincerely believe in these products. That's 100% right. You know, um, el- thank you very much, Elite Shotguns. You guys know I've been shooting a Kohler for years. Okay. So it's not like this is a new thing, it is for Sean. But it's not a new thing for me. I've been shooting Kohler shotgun for years. And again, if you can't afford a Kohler shotgun, they've got several brands of shotguns that they sell and they sell used guns. So um, give the folks at Elite a call. Of course, Fioki, Sean Alley. We were shooting Fioki years long, ago. Yeah, long ago. And then we came back to them again. And I absolutely love their, their ammunition. I Heck mean, yeah. We're using those little rhinos and man, they will flat get the job they done. They will pack a punch. That's for sure. Of course, Bear Pelt. Love us some Eric and Heather Roden. Yep. But their product is so awesome. I mean, it speaks for itself. It's comfortable. It's well-designed. And and let's face it, you can make something that's uniquely your own. Yeah. I mean, at a fraction of the cost of the competition that's out there. Absolutely. And it's a better vest than what's out there. I 100% agree. Um, of course, Atlas Traps, uh, you guys know uh, I'm an Atlas Trap dealer. Uh, if that doesn't tell you how much I believe in it, then I don't know what to tell right. you. <laughs> uh, and that was long before anything to do with this show. You know, I mean, I, I, I did a lot of research when before I bought my first trap. I was tired of the Chinese junk. I wanted something American made. And by God, I got some high quality Atlas Traps and I 100% believe in them. Uh, Negrini cases. Best cases in the world, period, uh, in my opinion. Sean, I, I, I watched you travel down to Florida. You had your compact carry case. You loved it. You used it all weekend. Oh, all why, week. I, why I ever dragged anything bigger than that around before is just beyond me. <laughs> I dude. know, right? It's just like, why, did, why, why have I ever done this? I mean, that, that thing is so slick. Yeah. Oh, it is, for sure. Um, RE Ranger. You know, I've had a lot of questions lately about the prescription reacts. Guys, I really don't know what to tell you. Um, I don't know when they're coming. Um, I know they're working on it, but, you know, th- this shows how high quality of a product that that ranger put they will not release it 
to the public until it's perfect. Right. And Sean, you have the non-prescription reacts. And you love them. Yeah, I think they're the the best lenses. I, I I have some issues with the frames because my melon is so big, um, but the lenses. I'm telling you what, the lenses are great. I don't think I've ever looked through a better set of lenses than what's on the React. Well, and you know the, the thing is about the React, the way that's designed, you get a three lens kit. Comes mm-hmm. with a highlight, a low light, and a medium medium light. Right. You're not going through an endless bag of lenses trying to figure out what's best for oh, that I, day. I see some of these guys have 10, 12, 15 different lenses. Uh, I'm like, yeah. I'd have a headache just trying to figure out which one to shoot. I with. mean, they carry around a suitcase full of things. You don't need that. No. You know? No. Um, Odo Pro Technologies. Yeah. Hearing, gals, hearing is about the most important thing that you don't want to lose when you're doing this sport. Right. And it's so easy to damage your ears doing it. Yep, and and we love us some Pro girls. Those girls, and, and don't, okay, look, don't anybody take that wrong. This isn't creepy old guy. We're saying they're great people. They they sell great <laughs> products, okay? Um, Rhino Chokes. We're going to have them on soon. Uh, got a special show coming up with them and Corey Cruz. Yep. Um, we're excited about that. They got some new product announcement. Um, of course, Don Grant. We just had her on, and I don't need to speak anymore about that. If you guys can't find the value in Don Grant. It's your loss. I don't know. It's your <laughs> loss. <laughs> so, uh, what fire targets. I mean, Sean, how awesome is it that the company that builds targets for every register, well, just, I don't know, I would say probably 99% of the registered tournaments in this country throw white fire targets. Why is that, Sean? Well, before I answer that question, I just want to say this. I wish I had the, the mental aha moment that I would have developed something that I could find and sell to somebody that they wanted to break so that they could buy more. I mean, when you think about the genius of that statement, I mean, I'm making a target that people are going to break, which then makes them buy more. And whether they hit it or they miss it, they're going to buy more. They're going to buy more. Mm -hmm. Think, try it again. Right. So think about that for a minute. That's what an ingenious, that's what they call job securities. I I still ponder at night. I'm like, what could I come up with that people would like to break and then buy more? Right. Uh, Vero Beach Sporting Clays. I've uh, been talking with Mr. Palmer here lately. We are going to organize a dead pair tournament down at Vero Beach. We don't know when yet, but we're we're going to figure it out. Sean and I are going to set the targets for all the all the events. Um, and in come, the works, yeah, in the works. And then hopefully by then that new building will be open. Come yeah, they're ha- making a lot of progress on that. Yeah. Actually, I saw some pictures on the website the other day. So, so but come hang out with us on the patio and come down and shoot some cool targets. Of course, we cannot forget Casey Chase. She has brought a score chaser, which is just an awesome way to sign up for tournaments, see what's out there. That and if you're not on the pro account, I mean, I pay for it. Okay, it's not actually gives it to us for free. I pay for it. It's awesome. I mean, yep. I get a text the day of the tournament, no matter what event I'm shooting, tells me what station I need to be at, what time, if there's any delays, anything. It keeps me informed. It lets me know when the scores are updated online. It is worth the value of it. Absolutely, sure. 100%. Plus the concierge program that comes with it. Right. You know, right. so that's really cool. But, um, Sean, what am I forgetting? I think we've covered it all, man. And we've, we've told people, get out there and go shoot and take people with you, go shoot and uh, show them how much fun the sport is and all that stuff. So we say that every episode and you guys know that. It can't be stressed enough. Nope. And again, big thank you to all of our sponsors. Big thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, Jason and I are excited. we got a lot of big stuff coming down the pipe for yes. you guys. So stay tuned. More good stuff coming from the Dead Pair Podcast. And until next week, Mr. Alley. We'll see you all right back here, you know where, on the Dead Pair Podcast. We'll see you next time on the Dead Pair Podcast. The Dead Pair.
podcast is brought to you by Elite Shotguns and Vero Beach Clay Shooting and is fueled by Fioki USA. The Dead Pair theme song was written, arranged, and produced by Toby Tomplay. Special thanks to the following sponsors. Bear Pelt, Negrini, Rhino, Odo Pro, Dawn Grant, Atlas Trap Company, RE Ranger, and White Flyer Targets. <laughs>